Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you are tuning in on SL Podcasts, today, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Mackie Ken 96.7 Game Time, welcome to the show. I am, of course, your host, Sean Roberts. But I'm not alone. Mr. Kurt Buckerfield, how are you, my little prince? Surely I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm very well after last night. Let's jump straight into it. Man City 7, Leipzig 0, 8-1 on aggregate. You didn't see that one coming, did you? I didn't. I certainly didn't hope um, <laughs> for a result like that. But no, look, I, I watched the first half and from what I saw, it was all City. Mm. Of course, there were moments where I felt like the referee was not necessarily in favor of City. I, I'm not one to accuse referees of cheating or bias, but I just thought that he made some really poor decisions, particularly that handball. Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure if you saw it, Sean, but... V- VAR, right? It, it went to VAR, but you know, there wasn't a single appeal. So basically, uh, I think it was Ruben Diaz or Rodri um, mm. challenging in the air and he heads the ball into the back of Hendricks, whose arms are naturally up because he's jumping. Um, but it's it's a very faint deflection of his arm. Nobody appeals for it. I don't think anybody saw it. Yeah. Um, but the referee gets told to go to VAR and it's then awarded a penalty. So I just thought that that was really harsh. And But, but, but is that the reason for VAR? No, well, that's that's my point. I think that yeah. there's there's a total lack of common sense. Yes. And I understand that City would probably have won that game regardless of whether that was given a penalty or not. Yeah. I know that City would probably go through anyway. But I just think that such a poor decision going against you early on can really set the tone for the rest of the match. And from that moment on, City sort of just took the game away from Leipzig. Um, it was just a pivotal moment where... Leipzig weren't necessarily playing well, um, but they were they were keeping City out, and I just thought it was really really harsh. Anyway, there was another decision where he um, Edison comes out of his goal to clear the ball. Um, he's well off his line. He's well out the box, and he absolutely clatters a Leipzig striker, but gets a faint touch on the ball. Yeah. And Timo Werner makes that huge appeal. Um, asking, I guess, for the referee to either send him off or give him a yellow card. And instead, Timo Werner shown a yellow card and it's a Leipzig, I mean, it's a City free kick. Yeah. So that one, again, was just very strange. Just some really poor refereeing. I know a lot of people talk about the Premier League referees getting it wrong with VAR, but yeah. I just thought that last night showed that um, it's a problem all around Europe. But anyway, thoroughly deserved. At the end of the day, City were were incredible. Haaland was incredible. Yeah. Um, three records for him in that game. Um, what were those records, Kurt? If I can quickly take you through them. Yeah. So he is now the quickest player to score 30 goals in the Champions League. Um, that's wow. in 25 matches. Um, he is also the youngest to score 30 goals in the Champions League, breaking um, Lionel Messi's previous record. Wow. And he has now become um, the first, well, the the City player to have scored the most goals in a, sing- in a single season. A record previously held by Tommy Johnson from the, I think it was from the 1930s or the 1920s. Yeah, TJ, you know him. Um, you grew up watching him, of course. And then, um, yeah, so Haaland's now got 39. Tommy Johnson had scored 38. Um, but you, you get the feeling that you know, he's going to score plenty more before the end of the season. 39 goals and it's talking of leaving already. Yeah, look, there's always going to be the, the talk of Real Madrid, um, PSG, these clubs who are probably willing to fork out 200 million for a striker like that. Um, I think it's, it's, it's normal, especially with 
reports that there's that release clause in his contract that comes into play in 2024. So I think that's natural. Um, but for now, I'm sure he's happy where he is. Yeah. Scoring a lot of goals. And um, I'm sure Pep is also very happy with him. Um, one more thing on that. Yeah. He has now scored more Champions League goals than Luis Suarez, Samuel Etu, the Brazilian Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Griezmann, Arjen Robin, um, Hernan Crespo. So, you know, giants of the game. Sure. Um, Haaland has already surpassed them when it comes to European football. It's incredible. That is ridiculous. And how many games left? Well, I mean, how many league games there for City now? So, I think they will have played 29. Is that correct? Um, somewhere around there. Let me just have okay. a look. Let me just make sure. Yeah, well, City have played, no, 27 games. Wow. So, 11 left there. Um, and then they'll obviously be hoping to get further in the Champions League. They've got a, two quarterfinals coming up. Yeah. Um, and then they're still in the FA Cup. Do, do, you know, do you know the highest amount of goals scored in a, in a campaign for a player? Yes. What is that? A certain Lionel Messi, 73. Is that 73? Wow. Yeah. That, that's a bit tough to beat, I think, but it's not impossible. I think this season it's probably tough to beat, but I'm sure that at some point in his career, Haaland can get really close to that. 73. That is ridiculous. It's actually insane. When you, when you say it, it, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, moving on. Inter, uh, a big result for them away to Porto. Yeah, Inter advancing pretty comfortably at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, they've had a difficult domestic campaign, so it's quite a contrast, but it's good to see. I mean, how many years have we, have we gone by? I mean, the last 10 years, we haven't seen Inter Milan and AC Milan in uh, the, 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 what is it now, the quarterfinals, yeah. um, the semifinals or the final of the Champions League. So it's good to see both of those two Italian giants, mm. um, legendary clubs when it comes to European football at that stage of the competition. So, yeah, it's, it's good to see. Absolutely. We all grew, we all grew up watching them, eh? Like it was with the, oh, the, the proper players. Incredible. Um, let's move on to your team. Casemiro again showing a straight red card and um, the Reds have already decided not to appeal it. What's your opinion? Yeah, look, I don't think that there's any case for, for yeah. an appeal. Um, yeah. I thought it was reckless. So I actually missed the game. Uh, my girlfriend was doing the cycle tour on Sunday. So I was <laughs> out all day. Um, and I was just looking at my phone trying to get updates and I just yeah. saw Casemiro had been sent off and look in 330 what is it 336 games for Real Madrid Casemiro was never shown a straight red card um, wow. he's now had two straight reds at United in just 37 appearances the first red card was that one against Crystal Palace where he puts his his hands around a Palace player's neck yeah. um, and then the second is for this reckless tackle um, I think the player's name's Carlos Alcaraz. He's a young Argentinian midfielder yep. who plays for Southampton. Yep. Um, Casemiro, he gets the ball, but he goes over the ball and straight onto the player's shin. Yep. Um, I don't think that there's any argument there. Look, I, I, I do think it's harsh because he gets the ball and it's probably unlucky. Mm -hmm. But to be lunging in like that, when it's kind of needless, and the game's at nil-nil, the ball, yep. you know, it's not... It's not necessarily far away from the, the the Man United box, but he's nowhere near goal-scoring opportunity. So to be lunging in like that um, was just sort of reckless and needless. And then when you consider that first red card against Palace, where he, he puts his hands around, I think it was used, Will Hughes's neck. Um, it was just totally ridiculous. And I think he needs to take some responsibility for that. I know that the club. 
um, are trying to now push this sort of narrative where uh, they posted a video yesterday of Casemiro talking about the way he tackles and the way he goes into challenges. Um, and it's never malicious, but there's always sort of a hunger to win the ball, a hunger to, to if not win the ball, take the man. But it, it's just, it's irresponsible and I think mm. stupid for a player with his experience. Um, and it's, it's let the team down because now he's out for four matches. Yeah, um, and we'll miss him for some crucial games at a very, very important, you know, moment in the season. Do you think that's just the pure fact that it's taking? I mean, the Premier League is a different animal altogether. You know what? I think that there's also, so yes, I think that he, in England, Casemiro always had the reputation of one of those defensive midfielders who would always get away with murder, almost like a Fernandinho did a couple seasons ago when he was at City. Um, sort of considered a dirty player, but not really with a bad record ever. So like I just brought up now, only two red cards at Real Madrid in almost well, over 300 appearances, none of them straight red cards. Um, but I think that in England, there was this this sort of narrative that Casemiro was was dirty and that he would, uh, was like tactical fouling. Um, he was always accused of that. So I think that coming to England, there was always going to be a spotlight on him. Yep. And I mean, he's he's received like a lot of yellow cards already. Yeah. Um, I was looking at it earlier. I'll I'll try and bring it up now. But plenty of yellow cards. Um, I think that if he gets a yellow card against Betis on Thursday in the Europa League, he's suspended for a match there as well. Um, so yeah, nine yellow cards and two red cards. Sure. So it's, it's yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been interesting. But I'm sure um, behind the scenes, Ten Hag will be. Pretty furious. Yeah, so I was about to ask, uh, will this red card carry into the Real Betis game? But you say it doesn't uh, tomorrow night. You said if he gets a yellow card on Thursday, then he will miss the first, uh, what it would be, quarterfinal game. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's chat about that. Four-one uh, up, I guess, going into tomorrow's game. United. That should be, one would hope, um, an easier uh, approach, I guess. Yeah, look, it, it's not going to be easy playing away at Betis, um, but it should be fairly routine. It's a very comfortable lead. I certainly don't see United going on to concede three or four goals um, with the, the sort of impressive form that the back line has shown this season. I know that that sort of was out the window against Liverpool, but for the most part, they've looked comfortable. So I, I would expect United to, to get a result, um, at the very least a draw at Betis yeah. on, on, on Thursday. Agreed. Um, let's chat about the big game tonight. I believe it is Kurt uh, Liverpool away to Real Madrid, five-two down. Uh, nothing short of a miracle to come back for that one. Yeah, and look, if there's any team in world football who can turn around a five-two aggregate, it's Liverpool. But I just don't see that happening right now. Um, they are. Off the, I know that this could go either way, but they're coming into this match off the back of a dreadful 1-0 loss <laughs> against Bournemouth in the Premier League. So I'm not sure how much confidence Liverpool will be carrying into this match. But um, look, it's Liverpool. Anything can happen. But I probably would have felt more confident um, in Liverpool's favour uh, in Liverpool's favour had this game been at Anfield. But mm. it's it's in it's in Madrid, um, Real Madrid. You know, in the Champions League, their, their their pedigree, their European pedigree, speaks for itself, and I, I don't see them um, 
slipping up. No, I, I completely agree. Katie, before we wrap up, anything else we need to keep our eyes and ears open for for the next seven, seven to ten days? Yeah, keep an eye out for on, on, on Messi's future. I've seen a lot of rumors over the last couple of days about a potential return to Barcelona. His dad has recently just landed in Barcelona along with his brother. Um, I'm not I'm not sure for what exactly, but um, like I said last week, with PSG getting knocked out of the Champions League, there will be a lot of speculation there. Um, there's also now rumours about Kylian Mbappe's future. Yeah. Um, PSG apparently would have had, I think we actually touched on this, would have had the option of extending his contract by a further year yes. had they won the Champions League. But of course that didn't happen. So talk about Kylian Mbappe potentially um, going to Real Madrid is back on. So there'll be a lot of transfer rumours from now until the end of the season, um, for sure. But there's still a lot of football to be played. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, exciting times ahead. And that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Lesson. Whether you have been listening on SL Podcasts, today, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or Mackin 96.7's Game Time. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I've been Sean Roberts, and my good friend, Curti. Thank you, as usual. Thanks, Johnny.